Let's all please turn. I actually have two. I have two uh, verses for you to read today. One is in the book of John, chapter three, verse sixteen. I don't think you've ever heard of that. The other one is in the book of First John, chapter three, verse sixteen. If you could please stand once you find those, and I'll give you a moment to honor the reading of his word. One is, I, I, the one is, is fairly well known. The other one, not so much, but they do go good together. First one is John 3, 16. The second one is 1 John 3, 16. And after all standing, to honor the reading of his word, we will read it. For John 3.16 goes something like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever, I have to say it the way it says in King James, this is how I'm used to. For whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And as it says in 1 John 3.16. By this we know the love of God, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. God bless and honor the ring of his word. You may be seated. Love. Love is exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you. Oh, love, life's sweetest reward. Let it flow, it floats back to you. The love boat. The, uh, soon we'll be making another run. The love boat promises something for everyone. I think you've heard that song before. I could be wrong, but it's the love boat. And that is the title of today's sermon, The Love Boat. Now, I'll be honest with you, I didn't intend on doing that, but I couldn't help myself. Man, when I started writing some of that stuff down to go with it, it, it just come out of me. And I've had that stuck in my head all day and all week and all weekend. And all, the love boat. The one I realized I was going to say, call it that, I couldn't stop myself. It's been stuck in my head, and I've seen, you remember all those cast members from years and years ago? I've been seeing the, the little circles, you remember, it looked like a little... Life raft. I always saw that picture in my head all week long. The Love Boat. I remember that old show. The Love Boat. Stupid old show, but I liked it. Now, when we think of The Love Boat, we probably think of that silly old show that couldn't figure out what it was. Was it a love show? Was it a situation comedy? Was it a drama? It was none of these things. It was just something in its own little thing. It, it really was. But that's what today's sermon title is, and it is not about the TV show. It's not. It's not about that at all. Tomorrow is a quote-unquote holiday, a celebration that people often celebrate talking about love. But we're going to start off by talking about a, a boat, a specific boat that is found in the Bible. So I want you now to turn with me to Genesis Chapter 6. We're going to read a little bit of Genesis chapter 6, 
and Genesis chapter 7. But we're first going to start off in Genesis chapter 6. And we're going to take a look at a few things in order to speak about the love boat. But first, let's speak about what happens in Genesis chapter 6. And we're going to start off in, uh, there's a lot that could be read, but we're going to start off in uh, verse 9. And we're going to go all the way to verse 22. So Genesis chapter 6, verses 9 through 22, tells us an awful lot. This is going to be about a, a man by the name of Noah. A man by the name of Noah. Do you know him? I'm assuming you do. Noah uh, was an interesting man. It, it talks, first of all, it talks a little bit about Noah in chapter 5, verse 32. It says that Noah was, in, in verse 32 of chapter 5, it says he was 500 years old. 500 years old. 500. Think about that. 500 years old. Now, we complain about whatever age we are. And we always do, unless we're little kids. But we complain about whatever age we are. Oh, I've been in this world for 50 years old, 50 years, and oh, blah, 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 blah. I've been in this world for however old you are. And you complain about, oh, man, I know what I know, and I see what I see, and I hurt what I hurt. Think about that. 500 years and all that he's gone through. And the world was the worst of all right now. But God saw one good man at the time, and it was Noah. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And uh, at the time, uh, now the oldest was, was Shem. The, or no, excuse me, the oldest was Japheth. The uh, youngest was Ham, and the second oldest was Shem. But we'll get into all that. It says this in verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and blameless among his contemporaries. It means the people around him. Noah walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth, listen to this now, verse 11. The earth was corrupt before God and filled with violence. God looked on the earth and saw it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. So God said to Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence because of them. Now I will destroy them with the earth. Make an ark of cypress wood. In other words, you know, in King James says gopher wood. That's what gopher wood is, cypress wood. So he says, make an ark of cypress wood for yourself. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. And this is how you must make it. And he talks about the length of the ark. He goes through it. I won't go through it. it says, well, I guess I will. It says, with 300 cubits and the width of 50 cubits and the height of 30 cubits. And I have a measurement. I forgot to bring it. No, I guess it's right here. I can. Uh, no, it's in the other room anyway. It talks about how long it is and all this. It's making uh, opening of one cubit uh, below the top of the ark and all around. And you must set the floor with the ark on the side. Make it with a lower and second and third story and bring, excuse me, let me stop there for a second, verse 17. You want to know how long it was? It was about the length of one and a half football fields. Seeing how this is Super Bowl day, not our Super Bowl day, thank you defense, but anyway, uh, the fact of the matter is, is, is about a football field and a half. That's a big boat. That's a big, big boat. And folks, 
Think about how it must have looked when Noah was making this ark and all the neighbors around him were seeing it. We'll go into that in a second. Verse 17 of chapter 6 of Genesis, it says, this is God speaking now, I will bring a flood of waters on the earth to destroy all flesh. Wherever there is a breath of life under heaven and everything that is on the earth will die. But I, here we go, but I will establish my covenant. That means promise. Listen now, promise, promise. I will establish my covenant, my covenant, capital M, my covenant with you. You must go into the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. Bring every living thing of, the, of all flesh to every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Hey, by the way, leftist, by the way, you goofy, quote unquote, woke folk, male and female, not mentally male, not mentally female, physically and all around male and female. God made male and female. God made male and female. God made male and female. There is no other kind. There's no mutated folk. There's male and female. God made it that way. That's the way it is. But people think they're male and female. It doesn't matter what they think. They're mentally and emotionally messed up. Philip, that's not nice. It's also the truth. Folks, I'm not mad at them. I'm sad at them. I'm sad for them. We love them. We love them so much we have to be honest with them. I love you. But Satan has blinded you. Oh, that's a whole other thing, but we'll get to that later. Anyway, move on, I will. Male and female. Two of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and every kind of creeping thing on the earth. What, I thought there was seven kind of bird. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Every kind of animal, every kind of creeping thing on the earth. Now, by the way, that's creeping thing. That's not creepy thing. Okay. Creeping thing on the earth will come to you to be kept alive also take with you and by the way let, let, let me point that out to you they don't collect them those things come to them this is what it says uh, they will come to you to be kept alive also take with you every kind of food that is eaten and gather it now they had to go gather those things but not the, the animals the animals came to them now you think about this i like to think about this if god chose the best of the best and I'm talking about Noah. Of all the people, by the way, they were foul. They were uh, failed too. They also uh, were flesh. They also had failings, obviously. But same with the animals. However, think about this. He also chose the best of the lions. He chose the best of the bears. He chose the best of skunks. He chose the best of those polecats. He chose the best. You say, "Oh, that stinks." Yes, it does. But he chose the best of. Of, of all those things. He chose the very best of, yes, even the snakes. He chose the best of all those things. Isn't that great? He says, you're the best giraffe that there is. And so is your lady friend. He says, you're the best of the best. Isn't that great? You're the best around. He chose them. And they stuck with, I love that, that he chose the best dog he could find. Isn't that great? I love that. You dog. And so going on from that, two of every kind of all these creepy things to keep them alive. Also take with you every kind of food that is eaten and gather it to yourself and it will be for food for you and for them. 
Noah did this, it was verse 22. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. Pause. Pause. Keep this. Pause. If you're chapter 6. And time passed. I'm adding this. Time passed myself. Why do I say this? Time passed. Because it doesn't say that. But we have to use some common sense here. We have to use some common sense. We have to fill in the gaps. Because all of a sudden, once we get to chapter 7, all of a sudden, it's time for them to go. Well, folks, God didn't just say it and it happened. The ark was suddenly done. I, bought, I got this, by the way, this last year. I've already spoken about this, but I went to what they have as Noah's ark there. And was it Kentucky? And we see that the ark of the, uh, that has been made. This, you know, we know what the ark of the covenant is. Well, this in a way is the ark of the covenant itself, a different kind. But this is an ark because of the covenant God made of what was going to happen. Well, either way, time passed. How many th years? It was 120, some say? No, 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 no. It's not 120 years. We know it couldn't have been 120 years because people say 120 years because of the very first of chapter 6 that talks about there was 120 years. That means 120 years passed from when God said the world is horrible. So it couldn't have been 120 years that it took to make the ark. Because, so about how long was it? Well, I had to write this all down because I'm not the most brilliant man of all time. But it was somewhere between 55 and 75 years. Between 55 and 75 years how long it took to build the ark about how long about 55 to 75 years write that down somewhere between 55 and 75 years so it took about 55 to 75 years to build the ark we don't know exactly now i said to myself the other day well how about you go somewhere between that 65 years <laughs> we don't know so we'll just say 55 to 75 years and the lord said to Noah, this is chapter seven now the lord said to noah you and your entire household go into the ark for you alone i have seen to be righteous before me among this generation whoa man isn't that amazing though that god chose them and he, before this generation take with you seven each of every clean animal the male and the female see this is not just the two this is the seven this means people to give unto sacrifice once they arrive the birds and the things like that so seven of a clean animal, two of each unclean animal, the male and the female, seven of each of the birds of the air, the male and the female, and keep offspring alive on the face of, of all the earth. In seven days, here we go, a week away, in seven days I will cause it to rain on the earth for 40 days, for 40 nights, and every living thing that I, excuse me, and every living thing that I have made, I will destroy from the face of the earth. That's sad. But in between, in between while they're making the ark. You have to imagine that between that time, there were neighbors seeing what was going on. There were neighbors seeing them mock them, making fun because the ark was being made. And folks, I gotta tell you, there are four types of love. Pastor Philip, where are you going with this? You'll see. There are four types of love in this world. Four types of love, and we're talking about the Greek words here, four types of love in the word of God. Four types of love. The four types of love at the time of Noah's Ark even, and that is storage love, which is parental love. There is phileo love, which is family, friendly, and affectionate. And we see these types of love being seen in Noah's Ark. There is eros love, that's romantic, passionate love. And we know that kind of love was seen because that's the kind of love that was seen between Noah and his wife and between his sons and their wives. 
But then there's another, and that's agape love. That's the kind of love that God showed towards Noah and those that he wanted to save. But folks, even that kind of love was shown unto the people around. Not because, but wait, God was killing them. No, they killed them because they weren't following God. And in that symbol, God was showing a symbol of agape love through the ark itself because there is a doorway shown in the ark itself. Now, Noah's ark is not the love boat. I know that it seems like it's the love boat. I know you see a great big beautiful boat. Wait, that's not a big, great big boat. No, but the, the ark itself was a great big boat. But that is not the love boat. That is not the love boat. There is another love boat that the, the Noah's ark is an image of. It is not the love boat. But there is a symbol in that boat. The doorway that is symbolizes the love of Jesus because he is the doorway. He is the doorway unto eternal, everlasting salvation. And that is the doorway that is the love boat itself. In John 10, 9, it says, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Through Jesus Christ, the doorway into salvation, we will find love, we will find salvation, we will find everlasting eternal life. And if you do not, you will not find it. If God loves me, he will save me. He will save you, but will you go to him? Do you love him enough? Do you love yourself enough to do so? We live in a world that is flooded with sin. By the way, that's what happened at the time. We know that. We've seen it. We're reading it now. The reason the world was flooded was not because he hated those people, but God cannot abide sin. The world was overcome with sin, and it was being flooded with sin. And even right now, we can see a world, even though not literally, a world that's being flooded with sin. Every time we look out, whether it be online, whether it be on Facebook or whatever else you click on, you see sin, 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 sin. You turn on TV, you watch the news, don't matter what channel, MSNBC, Fox, whatever it might be. And what do you see? Sin, 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 sin. Every time you turn it on, you see people are sinning all over the place and they're loving it. They like it. They like to be flooded in sin. They don't know they're flooded in sin. Why? Because they're ignorant. They don't know any better. They're stupid, you could say. They're flooding a sin. They don't know they're going under. They don't know, but folks, don't you know, don't you know, though the Bible doesn't tell us we can use common sense, we can fill in the gaps ourselves, don't you know that when that boat, when the ark was coming up, when the people realized, oh my goodness, that's why he was building that boat, that's why, that's why he was building that boat, he was not a dummy. Whenever the, the earth was opening up and the water was coming up, and it says that in the Bible, it says that the water was coming up from the ground. When they were starting to flood, when the water was coming up, the people started to freak out and be afraid. Don't you know they ran up? Don't you know they were scraping at the ark trying to get in? Don't you know they were afraid? Don't you know they were, oh, I should have listened. I shouldn't have mocked them. I shouldn't have mocked God. Folks, don't you know? Right now, there's a flood of sin and death and hate and lust and vile human filth, sinful fleshly nature and doom flooding the earth all over the place. It's sin. It's everywhere. People you know, people you don't know, people that we should love anyway. The pastor, they mock God. I know. They were mocking God then. Why do you think God destroyed the world? He made a promise with that rainbow. That rainbow has nothing to do with homosexuality, which is also a mockery of God. But don't you know that rainbow is a promise he will never 
destroy the entire world again with flood. But folks, there's a flood of sin, and God doesn't want to destroy them. Then why is he sending them to hell? He's not. They are. So you see that doorway, which is Jesus Christ. It's opening them up to the love boat. And they can come aboard. Because you see, the love boat promises something for everyone. Because the love boat soon will be making another run. That love boat is promising them everlasting life. All they got to do is come aboard. It has room for everyone. All they got to do is come aboard. God isn't saying, I don't want to pushing you off. Satan is tempting them, testing them. Or excuse me, God tests Satan, tempts, but they are not allowing themselves to come. Oh, I would come aboard, but I don't want to. I got too much luggage. I'd rather stay with the luggage and not get on board. Folks, everything you need is equipped on board. Don't you understand? It's already paid for. Everything's on the ticket. All inclusive. All inclusive, not elusive. It's all inclusive. Come on. Come on. The love boat is salvation to Jesus Christ. That's the love boat. Proverbs 10, 12. Hatred stirs up conflicts, but love covers all offenses. And folks, I know sometimes there are people in this world who treat us poorly. I know that. I know that. We need to show them love. That doesn't mean loving their sins. That doesn't mean making excuses for them. It doesn't mean saying, well, because I love them, I need to love everything they do. No, no, no. That doesn't mean, well, listen, I love this guy. He's into a homosexual life. Or, hey, I love this guy. He's doing drugs. Hey, I love this guy. He, he, he drinks. But I love this guy. No, 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 no. You love him despite those things. Keep loving him. But have the answers of the word of God, the love of Jesus Christ. Reach out to him and say, I know. And I still love you. This doesn't excuse it, but despite those things, God still loves you and he can help you with those things. Some people say, well, because God loves me, I can still do those things. That's an excuse and that's a trap from the devil to keep you down. It's not about not being saved. It's about because you're saved, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to do that. Let go of that luggage, all inclusive. Remember, all inclusive, already paid for, all taken care of. So we got to make sure that we as Christians don't look all-knowing. Doesn't make it look like we're, I know better than you, better than thou. No, no, no. We want to tell them, come aboard. It's waiting for you. We need to be loving. We don't want to say, the love boat, but I am better than you. No, 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 no. We don't need to be like that. When you're commercialing for the love boat, we need to be loving, not hateful. No, no, no. That's not how you that's not how you commercial for the love boat of Christ. <laughs> that's not how you do it. But you know why the world sees it that way? Part of it is because the devil. We know that. Part of it is because they don't want to get on the board of the love boat. But the other part is, if we're honest, many Christians have in the past. Had their nose up like this. I am not like that. The love book. 
You ever seen the movie Titanic? You had several classes. Up on top, you had the rich and the great and the snobby. And on down below, you had the very poor. Folks, how come it is that many Christians do that? I am better than you. No, they're, they're in storage. They need to be down there. No, folks, as Christians, we can't be that way. We need to have our arms open wide. Come aboard. We need to have them aboard. Let them be on the love boat. Let them come to the Lord. How many times we hear people say, you know, I don't go to church. And folks, we know the answer. Yeah, because you don't want to. But in reality, they've had bad reasonings, bad things that haven't passed. And I'm, I'm sure it's true. I'm sure it's true. There's been snobs. There's been heathens. There's been wretches. We know that. Why? They're human. You know why you don't go to McDonald's? Why? Because you don't like the food. You know why you don't go to McDonald's? Yeah. Why? I don't know. But you know why you do go to McDonald's? Because you want to. You know why? By the way, I'm not promoting McDonald's here. But here's the thing. If you go, it's because you want to. If you don't, it's because you don't. But deep down, you don't stop going to restaurants. You don't quit going altogether. You go somewhere else. Just because you don't like one fast food place doesn't mean you stop going to fast food altogether. Do you quit eating? No. Obviously, I'm not quit eating. Folks, come on now. The point is, is just because you stop one doesn't mean you stop altogether. Don't starve spiritually just because of one ignorant wretch in some fast food place that didn't do you right. Come on now. 1 Corinthians 16, 14. For every action must be done with love. Treat everyone with love, compassion. Now I'm talking about the love of the Lord God, not your own love, but the love of the Lord God. John 13, 34 through 35 says this, and this is Jesus speaking now. I give you a new commandment, as we spoke a while ago. Love one another just as I have loved you. You must also love one another. By, all, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I love that praise song. This is my commandment that you love one another, that your joy may be full. Isn't that a wonderful song? Praise the Lord God. Praise the Lord God. Now, with that, I'm going to turn now to, and I'm going to do my best to go through this as time is running short. Time's running short. First John 3, first John 3. Oh, there's so many wonderful scriptures to go along. First John 3. One through 18. Consider how much love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now, are we children of God, and it has not been revealed what we shall be? But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope is in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Whoever practices sin breaks the law, for sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed to take away our sins. And in him there is no sin. Whoever remains in him does not sin. Whoever sins has not seen him and does not know him. Little children, let no one deceive you. 
The one who does righteousness is righteous, just as Christ is righteous. Whoever practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was revealed that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not practice sin, for his seed remains in him, but he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are revealed. Whoever does not live in righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. It goes on to say, for this is the message that you heard from the beginning. We should love one another, not like Cain, who was of the wicked one, wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own works were evil and his brother works were righteous do not marvel my brothers if the uh, world hates you we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brothers talking about Christians now whoever does not love his brother remains in death whoever hates his brother is a murderer and you know that uh, no murderer has eternal life remaining in him by this we know the love of God that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need but closes his heart of compassion for him from him, how can the love of God remain in him? My little children, let us love not in word and speech, but in action and truth. Do not close this area. We're gonna come right back to it uh, in, another, in chapter four here in just a second. Now, this is telling us that we're not to be like the world. We're to show love through our actions. We're to show love. We're to be loving. We're to be kind. We are to be this way. We are to be loving and kind. So many people say we have the love of the Lord God, but we do not show it. We say, we're, but wait a minute, they treat me terrible. I know that. I'm not talking about being taken advantage of. We're talking about something else. We're to show the love of the Lord God. That's who we're to be. It's how we're supposed to be. It goes on to say in chapter 4, verses 7, 7 through 21. I'm going to try to do it quickly. Beloved, let us love one another, for the love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now, this is agape love here. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. In this way, the love of God has revealed to us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we must also love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. 
Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, God's love is perfected in us so that we may have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Whoever fears is not perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he is a liar. For whoever does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? We have this commandment from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Praise the Lord God. We are to show love to those who are around us, our brothers and sisters of Christ. But pastor, he and she and they have done me wrong. I understand that, but we must show forgiveness because of what the Lord God has done for us. And he has shown us forgiveness. Folks, we put him on that cross. We nailed him to the cross. We are the reason why he died, but he rose up because he loved us. He has the love boat for us. And when people are not on the love boat, we need to have open arms and show them the way unto the love boat. We need to be sitting there with all arms open wide. But pastor, they're so cruel to me. They're so mean to me. They curse at me. They yell at me. They kick at me. They hit at me. I understand that. They do the same to me. But folks, I still love them despite the fact they hate me. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, not as they do unto you. Oh, I'm not talking about being a punching bag, but I am talking about the fact that we want people to see Christ shining through us. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4, 2-3, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, accepting one another in love. Be eager to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let this be seen in you. Let this be seen in you. Let this be seen in me. Ephesians 5, 2, and walk in love as the Messiah also loved us and gave himself for us a sacrificial and fragrant offering, offering to God. Pastor, I hurt so bad. It's hard to show love in this world. I know it is. I know it is. It's hard to show love when you don't feel love in return. It really is. It really is. But you can't. However, Jesus Christ can. Can you imagine how it must have been? Remember, he's God. But can you imagine how hard it must have been to have the people spitting at him, kicking at him, hitting him, using these terrible cat and nine tails, so to speak, these whips with all the rocks and glass, and they were ripping his skin off? That's why I love the movie The Passion of the Christ, because, yeah, it was overly gruesome in some ways, but I'm glad it was because it showed it to a realistic term, how bad he was. And here's the thing he went through. And you think about this. He went through all that. And yet, whenever, whenever, whenever he was on that cross and they were cruel, what did he say? Father God, forgive them. Father God, forgive them. Father God, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He had love for them, though they had no love for him. Folks, that same Son of God, who was on the cross saying these things, he still lives in your heart. And he says the same thing when those people are spitting at you, laughing at you, mocking you. It's not you. It's him. And he says it through your heart to them. Remember that. 
I know, I know, I know it's hard. I know we come up through the flesh and say, well, I'm going to blah, 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 blah. No, don't listen to the flesh. Listen to he who died from the flesh and rose, rose again. Remember that. Listen, listen to the spirit. It can be done. First Peter 4, 7 through 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be solemn and be sober so you can pray. Above all things, have unfailing love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without complaining. Ooh. Ooh. I failed that before. I've shown love and then walked away and said, I appreciate that. Ooh. I know I'm the only one that's ever done that. Right? I know. Okay, let's say that again. Show hospitality to one another without complaining. Going on from there, verse 10 of First Peter 4, verse 10. As everyone has received a gift, even so serve one another with it, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Verse 11, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone serves, let him serve with the strength that God supplies so that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. There's so many verses I could go through. I gotta, I'm wrapping up here, but Colossians 3.14 And above all things, Embrace love, which is the bond of perfection. And I'm going to close by reading a couple things in Romans to you. And you have to remember that Paul spoke to the people in Rome. And it says in Romans, and you know that place had to be quite a place. I've been to Rome. Beautiful place. Beautiful place. But I think about Paul speaking to those people. And he'd been imprisoned in a lot of these places. In Rome 8... 35 through 39, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. No, and all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor per, uh, principalities, nor powers, neither things presented nor things to come, neither height nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You can continue to love the Lord God you who have been brought aboard that love boat. And that love of the Lord God is calling out to welcome people aboard, aboard that love boat, and let people know that they are welcome aboard as well. You know, I want people to know that they are welcome. So many people believe that they're not. They believe that they're going to lose something, and they're not. True, they need to leave their luggage behind. That doesn't mean they can't carry it on, but there's no need for it. 
And the fact is, is once you're aboard the love boat, talking about salvation, once you're aboard salvation, you know what's going to happen. If you're truly growing in the Lord, you're going to take that luggage eventually, and you're going to throw it overboard, and it's going to go and sink to the depth of the sea. You know why? To the sea of sin. You know why? You don't need it. In fact, you're going to find out it's holding you down in your growth to the Lord. It's holding you down. And God is not wanting you to bring it on board because he knows not only do you not need it, it is not only not necessary, it's hurting you. The beautiful thing is God has everything you need, everything you desire, everything you want. He has everything and much more and much better for you. God has everything. He not he created it all. Jesus gave it all. He has everything for you. Come aboard. Be ready. God's ready for you. Just come and trust. Trust, obey. Be ready. And we'll close by reading Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us that in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let's all bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, we pray today that you reach out to us and that we reach out to you. We pray, Lord God, that you will bring those, perhaps those who are here, perhaps those who are home, that you will bring us forward to listening to you and your word. That we, Lord God, will come aboard, Lord Jesus Christ, to your safety, to your salvation. That, Lord God, perhaps we're already on board, but perhaps right now we feel so alone because of all that we're going through. Lord God, perhaps sometimes we, we got our heads so buried into our own sorrow that we forget that we're safely on board and we're paying too much attention to things that are off board. We're too busy looking upon the, the sea of sin that we're not paying attention to the fact that we're covered and safe upon your ship. I pray right now that you help us today that we'll come forward today, Lord God, and thank you, Lord Jesus. That we'll come forward, Lord God, and stop paying so much attention to the things around us in the sea. But pay attention to the fact that we are covered and that we are floating and on our way home. Jesus, I thank you in your holy name. Amen and amen.